Today, there is something that the Lord has laid on my heart and it's going to be a series of three messages which the Lord wants us to hear. It's a message to be able to build His and to draw us to the place of love so that we will continue in His kingdom as sons and daughters of the King. Hallelujah. Most places and most times, the sons and daughters of the King will lose touch with our king and for that matter it becomes a great uh, displeasure to him when we lose touch or we miss the opportunity of being able to experience the joy of the lord that he has built in us the relationship that he builds in us and for that matter he is always desiring that his children will continually his country uh his children will continually be able to create that relationship with him everywhere they are. Amen. Amen. And so today, Amen. the main topic for our discussion and for our consideration is repentance, the path that leads to a higher rank. Repentance, the path that leads to a higher rank. So my focus of assignment is to be able to open your mind and your heart towards what repentance is, uh, why the need for repentance, what actually causes us to be able to uh, come to that place for that repentance, and a few other things and a few other thoughts and some questions that we may have to uh, uh, ask ourselves. That's how does repentance work? In the life of a believer and how do we repent the process of uh of repentance so there's quite a few stuff to cover today so please let's uh, go into the word of god and i want you to open to the book of matthew chapter 3 matthew chapter 3 uh, that will be our anchor scripture and we shall pick up also something from matthew chapter 4 uh, from verse 17 going. But let's read Matthew chapter 3 first. From verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness said, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees also coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you 
that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the ass is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto baptism, unto repentance, pardon, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals are not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hands, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the child with unquenchable fire. Let's open to chapter 4 of the same Matthew from verse 17. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. O Maharate Krata. Is that the same statement that John the Baptist said? In verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And he said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus Christ also preaching his first statement that he made mention of. The first word of the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ when he began to preach. The Bible says that what made him speak up was the act of repentance that he desired the people of God to walk in. Hallelujah. Why? Why is it that the one that Isaiah prophesied about, about to prepare the way of the master, Jesus, that he is coming? And then this John the Baptist, whom the, the Isaiah prophesied about, now he, when he began his ministry, all that he had to do was to speak to the people of repentance. Why? Why did John begin his ministry telling the people in Galilee and all Judea that you people must repent? It is because the Lord positioned man in a strategic way where his relationship with man will continually be a blossoming one and a place where man will not lack any good thing in their lives. But unfortunately, there are few things that can draw man away from their original position as sons and daughters of a king. And the moment we lose our grounds as sons and daughters of the king, then the enemy gains undue advantage and begin to buffet us left, right, and center and make us as though we do not deserve to obtain any good thing in our lives. For example, typical example in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3, the Bible says that God, the Lord God Almighty, created a garden and everything was perfect in the garden. And when he had made the perfect garden, gave it to Adam or man and positioned him in the garden. 
And here, the jealousy of the enemy, seeing that man did not have to work for anything, but God himself prepared a position of a higher ranks for Adam to occupy, then the enemy began to walk with a heart of jealousy to seek for ways and means to, to draw Adam from his original position. That is the position of dominion, the position of authority, the position of uh, prosperity, the position of expansion, the position of, of, uh, of having all the things that he desired at his disposal. Because the wicked one was no longer in the place where he could actually enjoy the ambience of the love of God anymore because of rebellion. Because of the way the Bible says that he rebelled against God and desire to be proud and pride stole his heart. Now the Lord threw him out of the domain, the realms of God, the place of authority, the place of power, the place where the Lord positioned. He was thrown out of that place and now he was on earth here in, a, in, 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 in strange places, in desolate lands, in an environment where things were not conducive anymore. But the moment he saw that Adam now is occupying a very fertile ground which the Lord had formed and all kinds of fruits and, and trees and things that will make life beautiful. Now he was jealous and so he began to fight his way in to strategically to make man make an error to draw him away from that place. And so the Bible says that he managed to win the battle between um, uh, Adam and Eve and was able to convince them against what the Lord has spoken and the commandments of the Lord, the dictates of God, the, the guidance of God, the instructions of God. And the moment everyone we miss or violate all those instructions that God has given to us, remember that already we set our foot on a slippery slope, getting away from the Lord. And so the Bible says that Adam sinned. Yes, it's true. And so his wife and everything that they had in themselves, they could not protect themselves. And in that capacity, the Bible says that their eyes were open. And for that matter, the angel of the Lord came into the place. And when God came to seek for Adam, he was not where he was to be found. And so the Lord called Adam as he always comes into the fellowship of his garden. That is the realms, the fellowship of his garden. That is the realms of a higher place where God will meet with man. And man was nowhere to be found because of what? Sins. And the Bible says Adam was now hiding from the sight of the Lord. And the moment that thing happened, there was a conversation between Adam and God and the, the wife and everything. And then the serpent, God began to speak against the serpent and against the woman and against the man. And one thing that the Lord did that actually helps us to seek the need for repentance was the fact that now the realms of power, the realms of beauty, the realms of authority that man occupied was no longer his place. So the Bible says that the Lord put him out of the garden of Eden. And from there, the heart of God was reached. The desire for God to get man into track was very, very slim now. And there was a need for him to begin to work things out. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, the Bible says, that, and even at a point, the wickedness of man now made God 
grieved in his heart that he made man in his image. And for that matter, he, he was seeking for every ways and means to remove man even from the face of the earth. People of God, when God establishes us, when God draws us into his kingdom, when God positions you and I, when he gives us an advantage to become sons of his kingdom, or people who are benefactors of his glory or of his realms, if we don't take due diligence and to maintain that place, we will begin to become like Adam who lost the glory and he had to take generations upon generations for God to work his way out to be able to restore man to his original place. So there is a reign that sons and daughters of the king occupies. There is a reign. There is a position that everyone listening to me today, the Lord has placed you and I. There is an environment of grace. There is an environment of glory. There is an environment of honor. There's an environment of respect that the Lord has positioned you. That is the realms of higher grounds. That is the realms of higher place. That is the place where God's glory can radiate through you to affect your generation, to affect your environment. But if sin, sets in in the life of a believer, then we are moving ourselves away from the place that God has positioned or given to us to occupy. But God, with his infinite wisdom, would always create an avenue of divine escape for everyone that is his. And that is the root word or repentance that he created or he formed or an act of being able to find ways and means to go back to the place where you are supposed to be. And so the word repentance in, in its natural parlance says, and it comes in a kind of a compound word, that's re and pent. And if you want to talk about the, the word re, um, it is to it, it, forgive me because I have to read out these things because it, it was kind of a information that I was not used to. So this morning when the Lord downloaded them to me, I, I had to write them down. Amen. The word re means the original. The original means that the ability to come back to the original or state or position. That's getting back to the state or opposition. And what is the position? The position is the paint. That is paint in the natural parlance. If you talk, if you have heard of the word penthouse, that's a house on a higher level that is able to see on a higher peripherals wherever you are at that place. It is a place of a higher realms. It's a place of a higher grounds. And it's a word that is coined from that uh, place of being able to see more than what you would have seen if you were down or you were low. And so if we put the two words together, repent, it means that God bringing us back to the original position where it will give us the ability to see beyond where we are positioned. Hallelujah. So as a child of God, if the Bible is talking to us about repentance, he's saying that he wants to keep us in the original position where he placed us before the fall. Amen. So the ability to move us to the original positions where he kept us before the fall. So now, 
There are five main things that can draw man away from their original realms of higher power, opposition of grace, to lose their edge and relevance to God and the kingdom. There are five main areas, and that we need to deal with today. Five main areas. One of the main areas that can draw us away from the realms of power and that can help us to be able to stand strong and to connect with him so that we can do what he has called us to do is our bloodline or our heritage. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 20, the Bible says that this is the statement of Jeremiah and his Christ, that we acknowledge, O God, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against you, and do not abhor us for your name's sake, and do not break your covenant with us. Why? The errors of the fathers, the mistake of the fathers now have robbed on the children. So more or less, the bloodline has become the factor which has created a sense of stench, a sense of reject in the children that are growing up who do not know this God that we're talking about. And for that matter, now there is a sense of weakness. Let me give you a little bit, uh, take you back to the garden situation that we're talking about. Because of the sins of Adam and his wife Eve, the Bible says that all the genealogy, all the birth, those who came under Adam now carried in them the sin of the father, Adam. The Bible makes a whole statement about that, that we are the root of Adam, Rousseau, and therefore we don't come as a hailed or as a, a perfect people. There is a sense of sin in us. But God is capable of able to connect us back to himself as he has called us. So the, the bloodline or our heritage can create an atmosphere where sons and daughters can begin to walk away from the God that the fathers used to know. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 8, it says, O Lord, to us belongs shame of faces to our kings, our princesses, and our fathers because we have sinned against you. Hallelujah. We have sinned against you. Why? Because the father's behavior, the father's actions has now rubbed on the children. And therefore, the children do no, no longer know this kind of God that they're talking about. And the, the more the, the fathers were moving away from God, the more the children were also far away from God. That is why it is always important that families, families always get together and get closer and let the love of God show strong in their midst and be able to share what God has done, testify that to their children and make sure that they maintain the relationship that God has formed with their father from the beginnings of life. Hallelujah. How did they sin? One, Amen. nine of Daniel chapter uh, eight, so they, they rebelled against God. Number two, they did not obey the voice of the law. Number three, they did not walk in the laws of the law. Number four, they did not respect his servants or prophets who claimed to share the word of God to the people. And number five, they transgressed and departed from the place of God's covenant or oath that he has formed with them. And therefore, everyone 
when your bloodline begins to walk in these areas, these five areas, it begins to affect the generations after you. And those generations, if God does not have mercy and be able to draw them back and position them, they will also miss out on the opportunity to be able to enjoy the higher ranch that the Lord has originally called the family to be in. So our heritage can affect us from being able to stand in the position that God has called us. Number two, our environment. Our environment. Who, how many of you remembers about, about the golden calf? And also Lot in Sodom. In Genesis chapter 19, the Bible says that Lot found himself in an environment where the people over there were perverse people. Lot himself was not a perverse man, but the environment, the environment that he found himself, the place where he positioned his tent or he positioned his family, that environment did not allow him to be able to walk well, to be able to prosper well in the position of a higher realm. And unfortunately, everything that went on around his environment did not speak well for him. And for that matter, the anger of God began to rub on them. The children of Israel in Exodus chapter 32 says that the children of Israel, because of the bondage and the sins that they did, the Lord allowed them to go in servitude in, in, in Egypt for a couple of years. And in those years, the people kept on growing far away from God. Until one day, deliverance came for them and those who woke up to realize that mm, this is not our original position. And the scripture says that they began to cry out and call upon the God of heaven that the Lord God will have mercy upon them. The moment that there was a place of our understanding to know that this is not where they belong, this is not the environment that they are supposed to be in. When cry went out to God, the Bible says that the Lord came to that place and then he saved them. And taking them out of the environment to the promised land that the Lord had promised them, after a couple of um, months and years in the journey or in the process of going to the promised land, the Lord now called the leader to be able to give him instructions so that, so that he can lead the people so that when they go into the land that the Lord has called them, they will do what is right and maintain the ranks that God wants to position them again. But unfortunately, when, when Moses had gone before God and waiting on the Lord to receive the instructions, the Bible says that Moses kept a quite a bit of a distance and a time with the Lord because when you are with God, he determines what time you should go, not we, our time. We don't live on the times of, of the Lord. We, we don't live on the times of our own choosing. We live on the timings of the Lord. Hallelujah. If God calls me, I have to obey what he says and the times he wants me to spend with him. So before the man came down with the instructions from the Lord, the people could not wait any longer. And so the Bible says in, in Exodus chapter 32, they began to create a new God. And there is something that I want to draw your attention to. Now, how did these people, their environment affected them? One, they saw that in their environment, there was a sense of leadership. In Egypt, 
there was a sense of leadership because it was the leaders of Egypt that kept them in check and in slavery and in bondage to a point where they set taskmasters over their lives so that they worked vigorously against their will, against their wishes, and against their personal uh, desires. You know, because they were in servitude, they were in slavery because of sin, because they have moved away from their realms of authority and power. And now they are impoverished because of sin and because of disobedience. And God gave them up to become servants under the tutorship or under the leadership of Egypt. And so they saw leadership. Another thing that they saw in Egypt was worship. The people of Israel saw that the Egyptians had different kinds of gods that they worship. They have the Osiris God. They have the Isis God. So now, if you know that in our generation that there's something called Isis, I am telling you that it used to be in Egypt. One of their gods, hallelujah, is the god of magic, uh, marriage, and also protection. They have the god of Set. They have the god of Anudis. They have the god of Hubert. They had a god of uh, Noshu. They had a god of Anum, Mat. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in Egypt. So they knew that there was a sense of worship in in, in Egypt. There's, they had God who had um, uh, who, who had the head of crocodiles. They had God who had the head of uh, of um, uh, kinds of different kinds of birds. Every god had a different kind of image that was associated to them. And therefore, the children of Israel now, their environment has shaping their thinking and their observations. Hallelujah. That is what sin does to us. If we sin against God and we lose our sight and our position of realms of authority, we begin to walk ourselves in a different realms or in a place where we are not supposed to be there. And our sight, our persona, and our senses begin to capture the image of the environmental factors into our system. And then we begin to set things that is not rightful said legitimate son of the king and that was what happened to israel hallelujah now they were exposed to the worship system of egypt the next thing that they saw was the need for a superpower to recognize with so everyone in egypt there were those who were vultures and they served the god of deity of treasury they have those gods who hunted and was able to also help them to become um, conquerors of other things. So they, they desire to have a leader among them and a god among them and things that will help them to become like what Egypt used to say. So our environment can really speak a lot of volumes to us. If you don't take care, you are an environment of people who keep swearing and you are not able to dominate that environment with the word of God or as a child of God, you realize that you are assimilating yourself into that association. By the time you realize, you're already falling short from the glory of God. Hallelujah. Number three, the message we hear the message we hear can also affect our realms where the Lord has positioned us. One, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 going down, it says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ that, that uh, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Why? Because now the Galatians has now observed themselves to become hearing other voices telling them that Jesus Christ was has not been crucified. It is just like in our generation now. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is drying out of society and out of community, out of different environment. Leaders are no longer associating themselves with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ about the king's uh, agenda. Nothing concerning the gospel is no, is any more interested in our society. And therefore, strange messages are being communicated over and over again. And now people are now listening to strange messages. And the more we hear strange messages against what God has originally spoken to us, it draws us away from our realm. And that can affect us. Amen. And therefore, Genesis chapter 3, verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? That was what the Lord spoke. The Lord Jesus Christ coming into the cool of the day, and he said that he spoke to Adam, said, who told you? Which means that it was the message Adam had that defeated what God had already spoken to him and changed the position of Adam. And now Adam was no more to be in his original place. Amen. And therefore, in hearing this is one submission that I want to draw your attention to by the grace of God. If you are hearing one, you must be selected in what you hear. It is not everything that mentions Jesus Christ is where you are going to put your ear to hear. Be selective in what you hear. Number two, subject whatever you hear to a biblical scrutiny because a child of the king does not allow himself to be tossed up and down by any hearsays that people just say it. No. Hallelujah. But whatever you hear, I was told you a few, um, uh, a few weeks ago that I saw on, on, on some of the social media a man shouting and, and prophesying that in London that has they have created a bus or made a bus that the moment you enter the bus there's a blue light that fall that that shines or that comes on and automatically it captures your soul and from that point and people were standing clapping and and stuff like that all those strange stories that is going on around our world now. It is very, very demeaning and defeating the purpose of a higher person that is a child of God. We are positioned with Christ in higher realms of authority. Therefore, those kind of strange stories, we don't listen to them. Hallelujah. And so any kind of those stories that comes to you, subjected to the scrutiny of the word of God to make sure that it aligns with the word of God so that you don't get yourself astray or walked away. It was the same thing that happened to Adam without subjecting the story of the serpent to the woman and what the woman communicated to the man without subjecting it to the scrutiny of the word of God. They lost their position and now they were driven from the garden of Eden. So you must be able to subject every word that comes to you uh, to the, the scrutiny of the word of God. Again, number, number four, number three. You've got to weigh it within your spirit. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says that finally, brethren, whatever things that are true, whatever things that are noble, whatever things that are just, 
whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are lovely, and whatever things that are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you have learned and received and heard, again, the word hearing, heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So whatever we hear and the things we see actually affects our position of a higher realms. And therefore, we must be very, very careful of what we hear. The moment we hear it, we have to wait on our, in our spirit and then use it to mirror or check it with Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to see whether this that I'm sharing or hearing from whatever grounds or any platform I'm hearing from, where well, is it of a good report? I'm able, am I able to praise the Lord with this thing? Whatever I'm watching on YouTube, is it okay to be able? to use it to share as a testimony to the glory of the Lord about this? Is it a lovely thing to the glory of God? Is this something that is of a pure uh, a purity to me? So all these things, we've got to make sure that we allow that to mirror into the word of God so that our hearing does not move us away from the realms of power. Amen. Again, Amen. Another thing I want to share with you is that we've got to be selective of whom we hear from. You've got to be selective because it's not everybody who comes in the name of the Lord has been sent by God. God even himself says that I have not sent them. He said, the prophets, I have not sent them. They are prophesying out of their belly so that they can make wealth for themselves. So I have not sent them. There are people who are coming in the name of the Lord, but they are not of God. They've not been sent by God. And they are shouting and at the end of the day, they scheme you off your valuables, off your hard-earned cash, off your resources. And so the Lord says that we've got to be selective from whom we hear whatever we are hearing. Amen. Point number four. Amen. And draw us from the presence of God that we need a repentance is our association. There is a saying that association gives birth to assimilation. That in whomever you associate with, you begin to assimilate their lifestyle. You begin to get used to their lifestyle. And I said it in a moment ago that where Egypt was found, uh, it's a the grounds that there are so many different kinds of gods and behaviors and attitudes and all kinds of stuff. And because Israel was found with them, all of a sudden their behavior, as they have left the place because of the association of these people, now they were also serving a strange God and they were doing something that is against the will of God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter uh 15 verse 33, he said, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Don't be deceived. Bad companies, it will surely corrupt good morals. Psalm 26 verse 4, he said that I do not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with them that pretend. Amen. We have to begin to Analyze our relationship and those that we have association with. I was sharing some years ago and some months ago, I don't know what, what time it was, but I can remember that I shared it. 
a brother who was doing well for the kingdom because of his relationship with another brother. Now, the brother introduced him to a different behavior and a different lifestyle. And all of a sudden, his marriage was on the rocks. His home had split in pieces. And there was no sense of respect anymore for his marriage. And everything was all over the place. And it was only the mercy of God that came in time when the wife reached out to me and began to cry out and say, I'm out of God. I need help. And the Lord gave grace and helped us to be able to salvage the situation. As I'm speaking to you, I've been dealing with a situation now. Similar thing has happened. A marriage is broken in pieces. Pieces. The husband does not even know where the wife is with his children. Two children. And the husband, the wife has carried the kids out of the house. They have walked away. And now the school don't know where the children is. The wife has told the police that they don't, she doesn't want to know. She doesn't want the husband to know her, her whereabouts. And all kinds of crazy stuff. When I called, the brother called me and was telling me the story. I said, my brother, I told you this. Then let me speak to her. Let me speak to her before these things escalate. And I knew that things were happening. So I began to get in there by the grace of God, but he will not allow. And his behavior will not allow. Because of association, his association to one football, two to some strange families, three to uh, another strange personality was another strange woman. By the time they realized now the marriage is all dispersed, it's broken. And the family of the woman is now demanding their daughter from this brother who, who married this young girl. And they are asking for their daughter, they are asking for their grandchildren. And the man is saying that, you are a stubborn person. We knew this and all that kind of, because I asked him so many questions just to be able to understand how far I can help. The wife is nowhere to be found. It is because of association. Bad association has corrupted the morals of this brother and his marriage has been broken in pieces and he has got an issue with another woman from somewhere and the whole situation, the wife is gone, the children is gone and he is concerned of the welfare of the woman, I said, if this is how you were with before, then I don't think that you should have gotten to this place. If you had allowed me to talk to the woman, people of God, we've got to be careful. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 30, it said, do not be ensnared to follow them. Never be ensnared by the enticing ways of man and their actions and their behavior, their dressing, their dress, their lifestyle, and the ability to go other places to enjoy and they post it online. You don't know how they make their money. Please, you don't know how they make their money. You've got to be careful. You always have to be careful to know how you allow their lifestyle to affect you. If you're not, you begin to think that, hey, wherever they are, they are doing well. They are not. They may not be doing well. They may be doing something contrary to the will of God. And that may be the reason why when you need money from the devil to do the devil's job, he will give it. Anything to make sure that you walk far away from God, he will provide. But remember, you will pay it with your life permanently. And therefore, you got to be careful. Numbers chapter 16 verse 26 says that, and he spoke to them, uh, the congregation saying, depart now from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing that belongs to them. 
or you will be swept away in all their sins. Association with wicked men will sweep you away with all their sins. Number five, our inner desires for outward pleasure. Our inner desires for outward pleasure that can become another snare that can create a whole lot of mess that will draw us away from the position of a higher realm that now we will need repentance to be able to take us back to where God wants us to be. Amen. And I want to read something from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 to 18. It's a bit of a read, but I think that there are so many information in there that can help us to learn a lesson that will build us up in him so that we maintain our place, our place of authority. And again, wherever we have strayed away to, the Lord can help us get back intact by God's grace. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our hearts is wide open, and you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, you also be open. Do not be equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? That is the thoughts and the spiritual forces of darkness. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of God or the temple of the living God as God says that I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people therefore come out from among them and be ye separated says the Lord and do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the almighty God. If you remember carefully, in verse 12, it says that your own affections, it is the inner desires for outward pleasure that now made the Corinthian churches began to open up, touching what was not right in the sight of God, drawing them away from their higher realms of power. People of God, every child of God, whoever accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior and obey the voice of the Lord and listens to the instructions of God and walk by the details of God, you are positioned on a higher realm. Automatically, your position is not in a mere position as an ordinary eye may see it. You are positioned with Christ in higher places. That is why he calls you a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, people with the faculties of the kingdom of heaven, the people who are able to be able to walk as God wants them to walk, exhibit the, the, the works of the kingdom on earth and to be able to glorify the Father in their lives. But if these five things begins to work in us or begin to walk in our, in our path, it begins to sway us away from our original position. Our inner desire for outward pleasure, 
our association with strange people, the message we hear, our bloodline and heritage, our environment, these can sway us and move us far away from the place of the original position that God has given to us. Hallelujah. Now there is a question and there are two questions. How does repentance now work in these conditions that we have made mention of, these five states of life that we have mentioned of? How does repentance work in there? And the, the second question is, how do I go about this repentance work? And that will be our next topic to treat, the next two topics. How do I repent? The process of repentance. We will get, get into it. Our time is far gone, and I don't want to take that um, as a, a, a quick one and just glance through things because it's very, very detailed, and there's so much to learn from it. People of God, this is what the Lord shared with me to come and share with us, that every child that is listening to me today, you are positioned with Christ in a higher rank. The Lord has seen you as, a, as somebody to reckon with. He has seen you and he has formed you in his image. He has blessed you with every heavenly blessings. He sees you as somebody that he respects. The love of God for you is a strong love. And therefore, wherever you have lost the touch, lost the grounds, and lost your position, remember there is an opportunity for you to be able to get back on track. And the opportunity is the act of repentance. The opportunity is is the act of repentance. And therefore, if you are hearing today, I want you to hear this well in your spirit that God is able to restore. The Lord is able to help. The Lord is able to maintain. The Lord is able to protect. The Lord is able to provide back to the original position. So that is what I want to share with you today. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, tonight, uh, today, in this gathering, we want to thank you and bless you for all the opportunities that you have surrendered about today. Help us to be able to walk with the power. Help us to be able to back it, get back in the name of Jesus Christ. Know the Lord, you will help us in every area that we have strayed to. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.